This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now it's been announced and confirmed that Joe Biden is coming to Ireland next week. He will arrive on Tuesday. He will spend a day in the North and four days in the South. Unlike some American presidents, Biden's connection with Ireland is very solid. His great-great-grandfather emigrated from Mayo, and he also has family connections with Laos. And he is going to the North for one day, not to speak at Stormont, which is not functioning these days, but I think he's giving a speech and then coming down here. What he isn't going to do is attend the coronation of King Charles in London. His wife, indeed the First Lady, is going to attend that particular event. And there has been some comment in British newspapers that I've seen about President Biden snubbing King Charles and Britain. We're joined now by Chris Johns, former chief economist of the Bank of Ireland and now a respected commentator. Chris, is Joe Biden snubbing King Charles or is this a story concocted by British newspapers? It's the latter, Eamon. This is British newspapers in their usual way trying to uh, rile Joe Biden, actually. And there are lots of different ways in which they do this. But this is just a confected row. Uh, no US president, to my knowledge, has ever attended a coronation here in the United Kingdom. And I, I don't think uh, Joe Biden is going to break with that precedent. Uh, it's not a normal thing to do. It's it's by convention, they don't come. It's, it's, it's nothing unusual. Um, it's more usual that they don't come, as I say. So I, this is a totally confected row by a corner of the British media, by a section of the Tory establishment that feeds stories like this to the Mail and the Express. I'm, I've got a copy of the Express from a few days ago in front of me here, where uh, the, the headline is, Tories warn Joe Biden is ruining UK-US special relationship as trade deal stalls. Now, that speaks to what really cheeses them off in particular about Joe Biden is that he has gone nowhere near a free trade deal post-Brexit between the United yes. Kingdom and the United States, which was, of course, one of the, the many great promises of the Brexiteers during the referendum campaign, this, the buccaneering Britain. 
would have all of these magnificent free trade deals, most of which have failed to turn up. Those that have have been relatively minor in terms of their economic impact. But the trade deal was held up between the United States and the UK because of Northern Ireland and the impasse over the protocol. And there is a hope now that that might be resurrected. All of the hope is on the British side, I have to say. There is no sign from the United States at all that they are interested in getting these negotiations going. They seem to be busier with, with, with other far more important things. If they are going to do this trade deal, I suspect it's still a very long time in the future. A lot of trust between the United States and the UK was burned up by Boris Johnson. And also, interestingly, Liz Truss. Uh, she had a, di- a couple of disastrous uh, foreign visits, one to Moscow, you might remember, yes. um, another to, to Washington. And uh, unnamed US officials, after Liz Truss's visit to Washington, said that the special relationship was on hold as a result of her, and maybe it was even cancelled. So a lot of bridges have been burned. They need to be rebuilt. And uh, the, the, the right-wing press here in the UK, fed by these Tory MPs, uh, are not helping. And the, the article that I mentioned, for example, goes on to say the UK-US special relationship will not be repaired under Joe Biden as the US president keeps damaging ties between the two allies. They really don't like Biden. I'd hate to think it was because of those Irish roots or partly because of those Irish roots, but one suspects that that might be at play here as well. But um, no, the relationship's not a good one. And uh, I don't think that bothers the Americans at all. It really doesn't bother too many of us Brits either, because most of us are quite sensible about this special relationship. We've not really, uh, we don't think it's, it's, it's more apparent than really. It was something confected by, actually by Winston Churchill during the Second World War. And it, it, the relationship between Britain and the United States is just like any other country. It's purely transactional, based on national interests, and it ebbs and flows. And at the moment, it's ebbing rather than flowing. Yes, there is an interesting and more important story in many ways which arose yesterday when the IMF's managing director, Kristalina Georgieva, when she said and predicted that the Western economy faces years of slow growth with the medium-term prospects, their weakest in more than 30 years. Now, all of us are concerned about this world economy and, of course, the inflation, supply chain problems. How does this forecast, really, by the IMF's managing director feed into the present fears of that people have about the international economy, really, and inflation? It's not good news, Eamon, because the IMF, uh, it, it's, it's this time of year. They do, they do this sort of thing twice a year, and this is one of them, in which uh, the great and the good assemble in Washington. This, as you say, is far more important news coming out of Washington, D.C., than uh, confected spats between Britain and, and Washington. Uh, and they will be publishing the full details of this forecast next week, but they released some preliminary, preliminary details over the last few hours. And the headline is that their five-year forecast for the world economy, growth over the next five years, is that it will be the lowest in the, uh, for over 30 years. Uh, one thing to worry about even more than that is that their previous five-year forecasts going back quite some time all proved to be too optimistic actually they're consistently over optimistic when it comes to medium-term growth so if they're continue if the if the future is like the past this this forecast is not good news um it is about the medium term the short-term numbers they don't we don't think they are going to change from when they last did them so there's been no big downgrade to forecasts but 
those forecasts, such as they are, were already pretty downbeat for the short term as well. They weren't forecasting that we're going to have a major recession or anything like that, but but this sluggish period of growth that everywhere in the world, apart from Ireland, I have to say, appears to be going through, uh, will continue for the foreseeable future. That has all sorts of implications depending on where you sit. It will affect you in Ireland. Eventually, the, the, the high growth that you've seen will start to come off the top. I think that we're already seeing signs of that. You are the quintessential small open economy that is not unaffected by these global trends. So I do think the rapid growth that Ireland has seen is is abating, and things like your massive surge in corporation tax revenues will start to abate somewhat. I don't think it'd be catastrophic, but I do think that the go-go years for Ireland are over, mostly as a result of what's happening in the rest of the world, not because of what's happening in Ireland, but because of these sorts of economic forecasts. It's very bad news for Britain. Uh, Britain has been struggling with no growth, unlike Ireland, for years now. We've had a flatlining economy, neither growing, neither shrinking. And that's one contributor to the poisonous politics that we have here. Lots of reasons why we have Johnsonian-type populism over the last few years. But one of them is that we're fighting over a cake, a share, trying to share a cake that doesn't grow anymore. And that, that yeah. contributes to poisonous politics. And that will be something that happens to a greater or lesser extent everywhere. So it's, you know, we need economic growth to, to oil the wheels of politics of society. And the fact that there isn't going to be very much of it around, according to the IMF, is not good news. Georgieva also said, she described the Russian invasion of Ukraine as a calamity that not only kills people, and I'm quoting it here, it also worsens the cost of living crisis and brings more hunger around the world. It risks wiping out the peace dividend we have enjoyed for the past three decades and adding also to frictions in trade and finances. The IMF, the International Monetary Fund, has, as you say, a good track record in forecasting. How does it influence, if at all, central bankers? Oh, it's, it's, it's very influential. I mean, the central bankers are formally, mostly around the world, independent, but they would pay uh, a lot of attention to IMF forecasts. Indeed, there would be uh, informal interaction in the in the building up of these forecasts. The IMF would be in contact with both finance ministries and central banks in each individual country of its membership to to uh, swap information, to swap views, and so there there would be a cultural exchange of of opinion here. And and the IMF is 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 very influential indeed in all sorts of different policy making circles, not just central banks but also finance ministries. And governments in general. So don't don't underestimate the power, or, or the soft power at least, of the IMF. And also, you know, its it, its main role is to help countries that get themselves into financing difficulties. And it's heavily involved with supplying lots of money to Ukraine, for example, at the moment. But not just Ukraine. It's 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 a very unusual thing. It's the first time in the IMF's history that it's actually lent money to a country while it's at war. So it, it it's it, it's also doing it's unusual as well as its usual things. The IMF forecast isn't necessarily correct, of course. We need to always to examine forensically the basis of any economic forecasts. And as I say, the worry about the IMF's one is that it is a good forecaster, but it over the past it's been a wee bit optimistic. So if it if if that, that trends continues, then the outlook 
isn't great. We can only, I think, hope that f- that, that this time around the IMF is being a wee bit pessimistic. But the list of reasons why it's being pessimistic, you've you've given most of them. I've got an awful lot to do with what's happening in Ukraine. It's led to yes. higher energy prices. The peace dividend that you spoke to, spoke to that's gone goes back to 1989, the fall of the Berlin Wall. That was because governments everywhere in the West, at least, reduced their military spending and spent the, and spent and either saved the money or, more usually, spent it on their citizens, on infrastructure and welfare programs. And so, money that was going into into guns and tanks went into roads, hospitals, and schools and lower taxes. Uh, that's all going into reverse now. Every government everywhere, even in reluctant Europe, places like Germany that traditionally doesn't spend a lot of money on its military, they certainly have plans to really, really boost military spending. And that, in the, a world of trade-offs, means that there will be less money for those other things. So, so trends that have been around for 30 years, as she says, are going into reverse. And another big trend that's going into reverse is globalization. And world trade growth, for example, is a big part of this slowdown in global economic growth. Tra- uh, we are deglobalizing in in several important ways, yeah. and and that's leading to to trade uh, not growing by nearly as much as we're used to. And again, that's important for a trading economy like Ireland. Now, this conflict in Ukraine, Chris, was thought initially to be something that would end quickly. Increasingly, it seems likely that it will end sometime in the unforeseeable future. How damaging is that in itself? Well, it's already been very damaging through the, through yeah. the direct channel of gas and oil prices. Uh, it has a more indirect effect via confidence, uh, via cancelled spending plans. Um, and the nearer you get geographically to Ukraine, the, the, the more tangible the economic effects. I'm just speaking about economics here. I'm not talking about the even more dreadful human consequences, of course. But th- this is particularly bad for Eastern European countries for, yes. for obvious reasons. But it's bad for all of us through the fact that you know we are still uh, supplying Putin with the cash that he needs to um, on, on, on his spend on his army through these high gas and oil prices that we we, we keep on paying. Uh, it. I think that there are some positive consequences of that, however, because if you if you like, those high energy prices will accelerate the green transition, and it visibly is doing so. And that loops all the way back to our initial discussion about Joe Biden and Britain, but it's also about Joe Biden and the, and the EU, because the, America seems to be the country, Joe Biden seems to be the man that really appreciates just how much Ukraine has to accelerate the green transition, not just for environmental reasons, for saving the planet's atmosphere and weather, but also to stop our dependency on autocratic regimes for our energy. So we need to really accelerate into the alternatives of wind, solar, uh, hydro, and nuclear. And Joe Biden is, is going for it. He really is going for it big time, and I think in ways that we don't yet fully appreciate here in Europe. Um, something called the Inflation Reduction Act, couldn't be more badly named, was passed last year, which basically subsidizes American industry to develop all of these industries big time, exponentially. And it's got Europe very worried because it thinks that that will transfer global resources to the United States and that companies there will be at a much better advantage than European companies in wind, solar, uh, and all those other alternative energies. And they're absolutely right to be worried because it is going to give the Americans an edge 
And so what Europe and Britain is doing is complaining like heck to Joe Biden, saying, you can't subsidize your domestic industries like this. You're, 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 you're gaining an unfair advantage on us. And they're moaning like crazy. And it will have a huge effect. We will miss out on this stuff, or at least our, our companies will. Ultimately, humanity will benefit from the money. This is another American moonshot program. It's that big. And, and it's not received nearly enough attention in the, in the popular media here, but it's huge, and it is souring relations on, uh, the, you know, for trade between the two the two blocks. But um, that's the upside to these high energy prices is that is that it has prompted America and also China's at this game as well. So Europe's being left behind, but the Chinese and the Americans are really really going for the big green transition now. There's not much to be cheerful about the consequences of higher energy prices from the Ukraine war, but that is one possible source of optimism. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Now, I want to ask you about inflation, Chris. Sure. Because it's the thing, if I'm not mistaken, that really directly hits ordinary people and that is really seriously damaging when interest rates go up in terms of your mortgage repayments, 
in terms of what you pay for your food, what you pay for everything, really. There's no protection for ordinary people from inflation. I'm correct in, in that assessment, am I not? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it, 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 it's it, the most pressing thing when you, when you go from mortgages to the supermarket, as I say. There's no avoiding it. Yeah, you've got, obviously, the, the headline mortgage rates going up uh, every time the ECB puts the euro rate of interest rate up, every time the Bank of England puts my interest rate up, my mortgage rate goes up. And similarly, in the United States, that has obvious impacts on people with, with variable rate mortgages. One of the, the, the new things about uh, all of that for, for the housing markets on both sides of the Atlantic now is that unlike the past, when you and I were much younger, Abe, and we, we all had variable rate mortgages, so the impact yes. on us was immediate. Now, the majority of mortgage holders have fixed rate mortgages for two, three, uh, two and three year fixes is, is the, in the jargon is the most common type of mortgage these days. And so the effects are still there, but they're delayed. And one of the concerns that we have certainly here in the UK, and I think to an extent in Ireland, is that as we go over the next 12, 24 months, a lot of the previous mortgage fixes, which were at very low interest rates, yes. are, are going to be have to be refixed at these much higher rates. So it's a very sudden shock that the, your mortgage rate doesn't go up by a quarter of a point each time that it goes up, but you go from a 1% mortgage to a 4% mortgage overnight, and that's very, very unpleasant. That has yet to hit. So that, that's coming at a lot of people. Anybody on a tracker mortgage, something very popular in Ireland, I know, will have already been hit by this. So uh, that, that's a problem. The other big, big inflation problem that is hurting ordinary people in the UK in particular, it's, it's uh, almost as bad in Ireland, but not quite. Food, supermarket, shopping, inflation yes. here is 18% year over year at the moment. That's enormous and it's lower a bit lower in line but it's still in the teens so this is really really affecting people you know what the, the the conversation over the dinner party if you can afford one is is food prices rather than house prices these days right and that's unlikely to change is it well certainly not in the in the near term there is a great hope that it will change but i have to tell you Eamon, that you know us economists have got inflation wrong since the start of this process yes you might remember that when transitory when the, was the word used by the chairman yeah. of the federal reserve in the united states and the economics profession generally with one or two very honorable exceptions but when we were talking about this 18 months ago we would have been saying oh look the federal reserve as you say and every other central banker in the world is saying all of these prices are a one-off. They are transitory, as you just said. That was the buzzword. And we were all wrong. So we have to be humble in our ability to, to say what happens next when it comes to inflation. But there are signs that it is coming off the top. It's, it's not getting any worse, is, is perhaps one thing I, I should say. And the fact is that if you look at something like those key energy prices, which don't just affect our heating bills, and the costs of running our cars, but the energy prices affect everything. Everything that we buy ultimately requires energy as an input. And one of the things that particularly requires energy during the winter, of course, is food prices because they yes. often are grown in greenhouses that need heating and they use fertilizers that require all that input cost stuff. But the, the, the hope is that the fall in gas prices, natural gas prices that we've seen, um, in Euro terms, gas Natural gas peaked last August at 350 euros on the wholesale market. And it's finished trading yesterday at about 45. So there's been a, a huge fall in gas prices. 
on the wholesale markets. I'm surprised that consumers... Why, why is that, Chris? What, what changed? Did... Well, back in last summer, uh, Germany in particular, but Europe in general, were, were buying gas, natural gas, at any price that they was being asked in order to mm. refill their storage tanks for the forthcoming right. winter. So there was a mad scramble to buy uh, any natural gas they could get their hands on because the, the, that was the moment at which Putin had finally shut off all gas supplies to Europe. And then there was a mad scramble a, to buy it, and B, to find alternative supplies. And Germany, for example, started building uh, big import terminals at its ports for liquid, national, liquid natural gas supplies from uh, the Middle East and from the United States. All of that has come together and combined with a very mild winter in Europe to produce a fall. And in, uh, gas supplies held up just about. Storage facilities were refilled, and we didn't demand nearly as much gas to burn in our homes as we previously feared we might because it was very mild. So the price has fallen. It's still quite a, it's still quite a bit higher than it was a couple of years ago. This this crisis hasn't gone away, but it's abated a lot. And uh, consumers can hope that their gas uh, heating bills will actually come down over the next while, hopefully, that these falls in wholesale prices will be passed on. And I think there's a big debate about why they haven't been passed on quite so much already actually, and that, that usual one. We always notice when when our petrol prices go up as a result of oil prices going up, but we we always complain they go down very, very slowly. You know that, Eamon. Um, and uh, I'm afraid gas prices have been exactly the same, very quick to go up to the consumer, but very slow to come down. Okay, Chris, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.